I really was considering just like showing up in my bonnet and PJs, and now I'm kind of mad. I didn't because you're over here deconditioning. What else am I supposed to be doing? It's Sunday. I mean, you know, facts on facts on facts. pretty face. So today's episode is actually really special and a little weird. Um, Don't really know (laughs) what's going to happen. So today I am going to be the interviewee and the incredible, amazing Corey Lancaster is going to interview (laughs) me for the podcast. I am. So Corey, this is like your show. I'm just, I'm hanging out. Okay. Okay. So let's just get started. Let's just dive in. You don't want to introduce yourself? (laughs) I mean, okay, I'll introduce myself. I'm Corey Lancaster. I am a technologist. I have known Natalia for several years. Um, We met in grad school and have collabed on a few projects over the years. A little something. Just a little something, something. So I'm super hyped to interview you no this is gonna be so weird okay so let's (laughs) kick it off so who are you what's your name what's your age what do you do for work i am natalia abraham i am 26 most days (laughs) um as corey will tell you most of the time though i am an 85 year old woman um And I am a storyteller, um, and right now that comes in the form of journalism. Okay, I said, so follow-up question, what are you passionate about? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm passionate about so many things, like so many things, but I am most passionate, I guess, about sharing people's stories. That's always been um a thing that I wanted to do I I don't know it like it came in many different forms in many different ways um but I think like finally at my big girl age of 85 I'm like (laughs) finally figuring out how I want to be a storyteller how I want to share people's stories because like they're just so rad. There's so many out there, and I think it's just so important to connect us in that way. You know, I think about, like, those those tribes and, like, communities of indigenous folk or, like, civilizations. They always had, you know, the storyteller, the oracle, the person that was the keeper of everything. And um, that's that's how they shared history. Yeah, um, that reminds me of this quote that I have in my phone. It says, um, seek answers in literature, in films, in music, designs, patterns, allegories, fairy tales, and photography. 
seek answers in meditation, uh, not the recounting of horror, annoyance, or pain. Uh, spread love and not worry. And so as you're talking about just the power of people's stories, it just uh, reminds me how much um, beauty and knowledge we can, we just have in each other, you know? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so, it's right, because there's so much. I mean, that's how we know what it was like for so many different types of people. And I think a lot of the forgotten history is because, like, we wouldn't have, I feel like we won't, we wouldn't have known about the Holocaust, slavery, like, the real, the realness of it if we didn't have those stories, those firsthand accounts, because, you know, like they say, history is always written by the winners. Um, yeah. And so, like, I, I want to hear people's stories now and capture it. I think that is so important to do. Yeah, nice. Okay, so let's take it back. <laughs> Where are you from? Um, I am from Connecticut, a very small town, although Connecticut is a small town in itself, but I'm from a small town, Connecticut. Okay, and where did you attend undergrad? Um, I went to Clark University in Worcester, Massachusetts. It's a tiny little liberal arts college, um, and I studied history um, with a concentration in Holocaust and genocide studies, and then, because I had the time, I was also a theater minor. Nice. Okay, so what is the biggest lesson from that chapter of your life? Now I see why, like, the people I interview get so annoyed. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh gosh, I don't even know. I think like being open, and in that sense, like I was going through like a lot of really hard like mental illness stuff. Um, and in in college, especially my sophomore year, and um, it was really really hard, and I think like. I, I'm a person that will close myself off and um, just kind of not feel like I need help or like, or more so that I deserve help. So um, I pushed away people that really cared about me and I really cared about. Um, and that's something that I regret all the time. And so I think in college, like, I really wish I had more of a willingness to like be more open about my emotions and my feelings mm -hmm. and just really like connecting with folks. Yeah. No, I definitely, definitely hear you. Um, the next question is where did you go to grad school? <laughs> and what was the biggest lesson of that chapter of your life? Um, I went to grad school at GW. That's how we met. Um, and the biggest lesson of that was, girl, you are broke and you're going to be broke. Uh, <laughs> you're just going to stay broke. Like, you're just. <laughs> Don't speak that on yourself. I'm not. I mean, that my bank account is speaking it. I, it's not me <laughs> doing it. Um, get your, like, get your Navion and whatnot on the phone. Sally Mae's <laughs> college. Um, 
besides that, I think like I weirdly had I had to learn to be open again and like also uh give myself grace because yeah. like there was I was when I started grad school, I was working two jobs, like two part-time jobs and going to school full-time. Um and like I had no friends. I was in a new environment. Um it was really really freaking hard like and I just I I was mad at I used to be really mad at myself cuz I thought I should be like at a certain point. And I'm still not at that point. <laughs> but it's but it's more okay now like I'm I'm giving myself more grace, but I put like a lot of pressure on myself. I still do. Cuz you've met me. I put a lot of pressure on myself, but yeah. um, I think just to be like I was I'm still really bad at it like realizing like Natalia like you were doing a lot and in my mind I'm like this is what everybody's doing everybody has to do it so oh um, I remember um it used to be like this badge of honor in grad school and undergrad when people would pull all-nighters like it was like this like badge of honor because you're doing so much like you're you're taking this many classes and you're working here and you're doing this and you're doing that and it's like oh and I didn't sleep and I'm still crushing it and it's like looking back in hindsight you're just like no we were victims like that (laughs) I was about to say there was a tweet I was reading twitter today as one does um and it was like it's goofy how folks still brag about working 80 hours in a week (laughs) it's like no you are a victim victim like chasing that bar as a like measure of success like amongst each other but like no we were victims because <laughs> like, like was... what who told us that like to be because like, that's the wild thing like society tells us that you have to like be doing 60 different things and if you're yeah. not then you're not actually tired and that that took a long time like your level of like you could do two push-ups and be tired and i could do 10 push-ups and be tired but like that doesn't yeah. negate your two yeah like we all have different capacities for what we can do and we shouldn't shame others for their capacity or something that plus the reality is that you know once you exist on that rat race for so long are you are you even in your purpose or Mm -hmm. are you just you know checking the to-do list of the day (laughs) or you know are you like moving towards your goals or are you kind of competing with like what you see in front of you at the moment right which is so fleeting right like that's yeah yeah it's like there's I love I feel like I feel like we're not given the space to figure out exactly what we want to do especially as black folk like I love my my master's degree it's not that I don't love it but if I actually had, t- like, more time to really, like, sit down and function, I feel like my mom's going to listen to this be like, I told you. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not even that, because, like, I do love my degree. It informs so much of what I do, and it's, like, helped me find a passion and really helps me in journalism. But it's just, like, dude, if I had, like, but you have this, like, feeling that you need to go to something, you know? Yeah. and um, I wasn't getting a job, like, at all. Like, I wasn't getting any jobs after I graduated college, and I was just, like, I was 
working part-time once again two jobs and like just yeah. trying to figure it out um but but yeah like i <laughs> i would do some th- i i wouldn't i wouldn't do some certain things over um yeah but but yeah like that was ooh, the ghetto like <laughs> <laughs> so okay so looking forward now what inspires you Oh gosh, like my mom and my sister, and sometimes my dad, because <laughs> he's just I. The older I get, the more I become my dad. Like, why is that heat turned up? Oh my god! Like, <laughs> like, girl, why you turn up that heat? You don't got a blanket. Like, <laughs> turn the light off. You're not in that room. Turn We're in the light. house. Exactly. Um. <laughs> so the older I get, the more I become my dad. But um and. I mean, he's an incredibly hard worker, I think. And just also, like, my sister is such an individual. Um, And she, like, really had a sense of that from early on. Mm -hmm. And I wish that was something that I feel like I'm still constantly trying to form my personality. Which Mm -hmm. I know sounds silly um, at my big grown age of 85. But, like... (laughs) I feel like I'm still, like, trying to figure it out. And then just, like, my mom is just one of the most incredible humans that I know. Um, just her dedication to, to everything that she does and um, and dealing with me because, woof, child. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those, my, my family, I guess I could say, like, I said it, like, each one of them is, were different. They're all my family. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I just, I, like, that inspires me. I, you know, and just truly just little things like, I don't know, just like seeing people doing their thing. I love to see my friends win. Like that really inspires me because I know that there was a story behind that. I, and like, yeah. like I said, like, I love stories. I love hearing, like, I, like my, a friend of mine, um, it's gonna be the first episode of this season of More Than Fate. She just came out with her first EP. Nice, you know, and like I love that. I was like, girl, you're doing something, and and it's not even about like you have to be doing something, but just like to see my friends win. Whether it's like you know, my friend India just moved into her own place, you know, mm-hmm. her own apartment, like. Just look like, and I don't even want to say little things like that, but that's just like, that's life. And I feel like sometimes we forget with Instagram and Twitter that like these moments of just like life are incredible. Like the ability, because when you think about it, like ain't nobody pays us enough to live on our own. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, (laughs) like I love my little sunroom that I live in, but like, if you were to look at my bank account and like how much you could pay, you're like, Natalia, you should probably like live at home and not pay rent. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. so the, there was, there was a, the accomplishment of me being able to even like budget. I'm doing air quotes because like my budgeting is pretty whack, but like, so I can like pay my bills on time. And like, I'm like, that is, that to me is inspiring because like you made it to another day. Like yeah. those little things inspire me and it inspires me to like, want to capture that because I think I have no other word for it besides like average <laughs> but like average folk like me like we are making it work every day as much as I love me and Oprah 
and a Beyonce. Like, not all of us are going to be that. And as much as, like, incredible they are, like, we're going to be this, and that's okay, and there is so much beauty in that, you know? Yeah. So, next question, which is the perfect segue, is when do you feel most in your purpose? When I get to storytell. Nice. Like, when I get to interview for More Than a Pretty Face, when I get to record for Lead Graph Podcast, and now I'm, like, making a documentary. Like, all the all the work getting up to that point is, like, real annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like, research, and then you gotta schedule things. People don't answer their phones. Like, you know, people just being trifling. But, um... <laughs> But when, like, it, I sit down to, like, do that thing, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. If someone could just pay me to do like, I'd be set. Like, it's such a good time. Um, and that's when I feel most, that's when I feel most at home. Nice. Also, I was going to say, you are not average. Um, <laughs> Listen, no, man, I strive for average. I'm trying to get to average. <laughs> okay. Well, to me, okay, as my friend and as someone who sees you doing it, killing it, you are more than average more, more, more um, <laughs> than, like, crawling by as in your air quotes. Um, okay, so, you know, obviously storytelling is kind of how you share your magic um, with the world. Um, how do you think that the world, like, returns its magic back to you, right? So, like, what are some, like, really, I guess, like, light bulb-esque or fun or at-home moments that you've had, um, through, like, the More Than a Pretty Face podcast, through the Lead Graph podcast, or filming your documentary, or through journalism, like, what are some, some of the brightest spots, um, of that work? Um, the friends along the way, like, I know, <laughs> what a cheesy, like, <laughs> no, man, but I've met some really, um, some really dope folks, and every time I reach out to somebody, or, like, or I get to talk with somebody, or meet somebody, I'm still in awe that they responded, like, any, like, mm. um, because I'm t- I'm telling you, like, I feel like some people, there was no business. Like, when I, so the first season, when I got to interview, the, I'm, and I have said this for a long time, I'll brag about this to the day I die. I got a, for, um, now she's a former member of the Canadian Parliament, but at the time she was a member of the Canadian Parliament. And she was, like, one of two black women um, in the Parliament. And getting her to come to my podcast. I was like, I have no business doing this. Like, I have... Or maybe you do, though. Maybe that's literally... Like, actually, quite literally, maybe that is the proof and the evidence that you have all the business um, to it's, be doing this. But it's weird. Like, okay, but, like, little baby me, like, this is, like, me, like, fresh out. Yeah. I mean, we still out here, but, like, I just, you know, <laughs> like, I... Getting her to, like, come, like, I... It was by chance that I had met her, and, mm-hmm. like, she'd given me her email, and 
like you can give your but you may not respond do you know what I mean and then like setting it up and it took it took a few months for us to like nail down a time and like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um but the fact that she responded and like actually made a way for it to happen was bananas for me and like I I feel like my God-given gift is storytelling and being able to connect with folks as much as people are trifling. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because most people just annoy me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, because, like, that's, that's been the really incredible thing is just the people I get to meet through, like, podcasting and just, you know, storytelling and journalism. Like, I, I've met Jackie Carter, who invented the not reaching pouch, and she's just truly like one of the most incredible women that I've ever met. And her husband is just like a gem and a joy. Love Wayne, like you know what I mean. Like I get to meet, yeah. I get to meet really, really cool people. I've had really dope people on the podcast, and um, and I and I think to my I think to myself, what a wonderful world. But like I think, like you know. I, I look at God and I say, okay, God, like, this is what you've given me. And that's dope. Like, you're, my ability to be empathetic to many types of people and, and want to learn and grow and my, my, I think kind of like the willingness to try and connect with all kinds of folks. Because, I don't know, I also feel like compelled, like, with faith to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that those are the light bringing moments that for for me because like I get to I I get to spend like an hour talking with you and just hearing about hearing about you someone that I think is really cool and I think also what I what I love is when I get to talk to especially like friends of mine sorry mm-hmm. I'm like rambling um, but I love, <laughs> um, I love when I get to talk to like friends of mine, um, on, on the podcast or like interview them for a piece and they're kind of, or interview them for the documentary, like, and they're kind of like taken aback that I like want them. Like they don't think like they're cool enough to do it. And I'm like, are you insane? Like, <laughs> you know, like, of course you're cool <laughs> enough to do it. Like I, and I think that. I think that's also what makes specifically more than a pretty face unique is that like Mm -hmm. I'm just reaching out to people that I think are cool and that could be my friends that could be you know authors artists like whatever it is like I just I think you're really cool um and my goal is not necessarily to get like the biggest name as a guest you know um it's like I just think you're cool and that's why like I have my friends on um because I just think they're rad and I think they have a story to share um so that's been that's what's really been you know light bringing as one nice nice um okay so as someone behind the scenes It's not really often that you are the subject, the interviewee, uh, you know, in this spotlight, right? 
Um, so now that it's your time to shine. Oh Lord. What is something that you would want the audience to know about you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. What should they know? What should they know? Can I? Okay, I want to tell a, a really fun story. Okay, you can tell a funny story. So. Because I embarrass myself all the time, so I feel like this is probably. <laughs> no, it's literally like, okay, so this is like, we were in grad school. Um, You had just started more than a pretty face. We were chatting. Oh, you know, are you going to tell this the story? Po- I am. Okay, I am. <laughs> we're chatting about the podcast game. You know, I'm telling you what I know. You're telling me what you know. And you're talking about ad space. And I'm, like, trying to, like, you know, I'm a, a little bit older, so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to put sis on game. Like, you know, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a give her everything I know. I, you know, the inch, the inch game, the act, whatever. I, I'm going to tell you everything I know. And you're like, okay, cool. Maybe we can sell ad space for, like, $25. <laughs> I'm never going to live this down. And I was like, <laughs> I think my whole face, I think my whole body just, I think I almost just ascended into the abyss because I was like, wait, I just, I feel like I just told you so much about this game and that was the price, like, that was the, and you were like, yeah, girl, like, that's enough to get on the Metro for, like, the whole week, and I was like, wait, I was like, wait, okay, I mean, I mean, yeah, but also, like, maybe we want to get on the Metro for, like, two weeks or maybe the whole month or something, or, I mean, maybe we want to get, like, Metro and grocery money or, like, and grocery and like, oh lord <laughs> and i think that that was like obviously like one of the the cutest you know most like so in line with like your personality <laughs> like i mean you're probably one of the most hardworking people that i know like Aww. seriously like I mean, all the work that goes into editing the podcast, recording the podcast, designing the content, designing the, um, you know, like the um, the posters for, you know, the shows and the audio clips, all of that, like filming, um, lighting setup, right? Like you are so, 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 so talented. And so it's just like, oh, uh, it just, remi- it just reminds you, you know, like it reminds me, it reminds me, I'm like, oh, okay, this is still, you know. We're still <laughs> yeah, wanting to struggle apparently. Um, and we're we're still trying to function. Like we like she's killing it. She's killing it. Hands down. Hands down. <laughs> but there's like one or two one or two times where it's like, okay, okay, boo. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so I guess to know about me is that I am just foolish in many ways. Because <laughs> I just didn't, like, I, I don't know. I, I remember that. And she brings this up all the time. <laughs> Every time we talk, it gets stuck. <laughs> because I just, like, really had no concept. In my, I'm like, $25 is a lot of money. <laughs> you know what you could do with $25? Get a pair of jeans at Marshalls, like you can. (laughs) And if there's a good sale, get some sneakers for ten ninety nine. Like I just, 
I just clearly, I'm like not. <laughs> but I think, I mean, that's, that is actually very indicative of like who I am. Like I, which also like tells you I grew up in an immigrant household. Like there's like, you're just like, like my mom's full thing is like, everything should be $5. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> for me, I'm like, oh, $25 is, you know, some money. Um, and, and that can, is significantly above five dollars. I, I that's what I'm saying. It's twenty dollars more, and I feel like, and so I just feel like I don't know. I'm just like, okay, well, that feels like enough. But come to find out, that's not. And I think, I mean, for me, I'm I'm so. I think I think I guess I want the audience to know that like, I am so about doing things on my own because one I can get it exactly the way I want it and two I don't have to owe anybody anything I don't have to have anybody question whether or not and this is not to say I don't want to collaborate with folks and do things but like I know how hard it is to do what I do and I know how hard it is for others to do what they do and I don't ever want to like half-ass anything and I don't ever want to bring somebody into something that they're not that they can't sustain yeah I feel you a thousand percent right because it's like the things that are your your passion projects right like the you it's it's almost rude to expect someone to have the same amount of care and passion and dedication that you have for your passion project right Mm -hmm. and the only way to really kind of guarantee um a similar you know exchange is to allow for some type of like transactional value right so Mm -hmm. it's like in order for you to care as much as I do I need to pay you a sum of money that makes you feel um like you can be as dedicated as I am right and that's um you know that's a a challenging concept to kind of bring someone into because it's your it's your magic, right? Like it's it's your life. Wait, but I wanted to ask. I, I okay. I wanted to switch gears a little bit. So you've been in DC for a while now. Yeah. How about almost, almost four years? Yeah. And so in that time, um, you've only been doing the podcast and journalism for about how many years now? Like two, two and a half. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask, like, how do you think? DC has changed um in the time that you've been there right and like how how has the storytelling kind of evolved right because in addition to you being there four years in addition to you doing the podcasting for two and a half years I mean these last four years have been a significantly outlier moment in history um you know top to bottom across the board like (laughs) 20, yeah, I think 2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2020-2
it was more the bit okay i'm trying to figure out how to say it so like when i first moved here like i said like i didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. i knew me and i knew my roommate and like that's kind of where that ended and i met her on facebook she's now (laughs) one of my closest and dearest friends but like you know um Mm -hmm. and in my mind i was like i need a job like you know obviously that's like the goal and I was like, but I don't know anybody. Like, I'm not part of these networks. I didn't go to school down here. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I was in policy school, but, like, everybody, you know, that I went to undergrad with is, like, social justice focused. So it's, like, right. also very different. Um, right. You can be social justice with policy, but that's not quite, like, DC's vibe. And um, Yeah. I wasn't. Which is, a, I think, which is a distinction that is, like not clear for a lot yes. of people who moved to dc and they're like hey i want to do olivia pope things i want to do social justice things i want to do activism things you know like i want to do public policy things i want to do pol- like that that industry is so um comprehensive and like so 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 expansive of just yes. like so many different lanes that i think dc can be this like melting pot of world savers quote mm-hmm. unquote. Mm-hmm. With like, like not a lot of um I don't know what's the word, like not a lot of opportunities to fill yes. all of the gaps that like all of these different people are like tr- th- thinking that they found this like home in DC to solve yes. for. But keep going. Well, no, I mean you're right because like these the organizations what's different from where I went to school and where I lived after undergrad, like all, all the organizations around there are pretty small. Like the one big one was, like, more dealt with, like, behavioral health, and I actually, like, babysat the kid whose parents, like, ran that, so it's just, like, but everything else was, it's pretty small, it's pretty local, which was still hard to get a job, because, like, nobody leaves their job there. Right. Um, And then I came here, and you think, like, oh my gosh, it's, like, DC, so there has to be a ton of opportunities, but here, everything's about networking, and it it literally took a year for our like career counselor to convince mm-hmm. me to message people on LinkedIn mm-hmm. because I I felt so grimy about like I'm probably like one of maybe two people in the entire city that like didn't move here for politics that mm-hmm. like has no interest in politics like that is just not my jam as I write a lot of political stories for work but that's neither here nor there <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like like that just like so for me i was like that's grimy i don't want to message people when i have no intention of like forming a bond or relationship with them um and it just and everyone's like but everybody's doing it everybody knows i was like well that's also like a problem so so it was really hard for me so so weirdly enough a lot of the people that like i connect with about job stuff i actually like maintain relationships with no that's that's just which they say, you know, that's, you also want to maintain, but, like, me, I'm, like, okay, but, like, how are your kids? Like, I'm, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because I just felt real, I felt real grimy, and it was hard for me to, like, reach out and, um, and talk to folks, and so, because also, like, I didn't know what to talk about. Right. Like, hi, I'm Natalia, like, I'm in grad school, like, okay, then it stops yeah. after that. Um, and so the podcast became a way for me to, like, talk to folks women or women women identifying like like hey like 
I want to talk to you for an hour so I can like pick your brain and like it was a cool way because I got to hear their story plus like I got to hear about an industry or something so um I I would say like the first a lot of the first season is like a lot of that like a lot of people in different industries and women and business and like that's and and also like friends that are like coming up um on you know whatever they're doing but um it definitely has shifted now because I've gotten like more into just like storytelling and like what and just hearing people's stories like women I just think they're really cool um and so it's it's switched a little bit um but it's also been like a really cool blessing because it's allowed me to be um more outgoing it gave me a reason to talk to people because like people think I'm like very outgoing but I am not um I get very uncomfortable at parties where I don't know people like it just it gave me a reason to talk to folks yeah and, like it, it gave... sounds like oh no I was just saying like it gave me a reason to like get to know people and, and reach out and then it turned into like this passion of mine and something that I can't imagine not doing yeah it's so DC is very you know who are you what do you do what can you do for me right mm-hmm. like a lot of the the networking you know is so like hey um we went to the same university not at the same time I don't know you I know nothing about you but like just off the strength of us being alumni of the same university you should talk to me and also be the reason that I get a job like you know it's very um I think the 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 candor of it can be very mm-hmm. overwhelming, but I think it's just a accepted part of the culture. So it kind of sounds like, you know, the change for you with your podcast was like, I mean, it's probably allowed you to be your most authentic self um, in, you know, the heart of kind of a, you know, a very bullish kind of, you know, brutal kind of, um, kind of, kind of space especially now right like you know so many people are employed and um and you know even to the earlier point too right so many people move to dc with this kind of idea of like i want to save the world right but if all you can find is a job at a nonprofit, but you're living in such an expensive you know part of the world like you know how does that change you right like you know how does that um really like allow you to connect with yourself and then connect with you know I i mean essentially like let's say you have this deep, deep, deep passion for solving X problem, right? But you can't afford, (laughs) you can't afford your home. You have several roommates who you actually truly don't know like that. It's kind of challenging to have work-life balance. I I mean, it just, it it creates a, it creates a culture that, um, you know, may or may not be indicative of, of what, of what the mainstream can present DC to be. So it almost, it almost sounds like through your podcast, you know, you've been able to be an authentic version of yourself, but also call out, you know, a level of authenticity with, with this community and this tribe that you've built. Yeah, it has. And I think that's what like people connect with. Cause even with like my new podcast, the lead graph, like it's meant to be more like straightforward, a little more wonky and like, like, but I miss the Natalia banter. And I was like, well, that's why there's another podcast. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> like, you know, like that's, you got options. Boo. You, you have options. You have two, a third one's coming soon. Like you're fine. Like, you know, like not you're fine. That's not feels aggressive, but like I, you know, 
I I pride myself on those like the fact that like I don't change really how I talk to folks like I don't I could be talking to like you know Queen of England but the way in which I talk is gonna stay the same and I I think that people appreciate that yeah so because like because it's like oh she's not trying to get anything from me she's truly just trying to be herself like she's just trying to hit like and that's the thing like I want it this is meant to be like we're at happy hour and I'm just like asking you questions you know we're just hanging out and it's it's empowered me in a way to like reach out outside of DC and hear about other folks and yeah but it's also you know allowed me to find folks in DC like so many of my friends you know now are not necessarily in journalism or in politics like I have friends that or their or I should more so say like their interests aren't necessarily politics mm-hmm. you know I've like found this artist like this community of artists and like right like there's the DC is a lot more than just politics and yeah. policy and I think like for me because I've never been a politics person when I had pictured myself moving to DC my big thing was like museum like I can spend all mm-hmm. day in a museum and for me that's what I like thought about it as. I didn't think mm-hmm. about it as like government I thought go- I always pictured government as like super separate mm-hmm. um because <laughs> As people will tell you, when I first moved here, like, every time I met somebody that, like, worked in the government or worked in, like, one of those three-letter I was like, you just are just out here just, like, living. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't comprehend why, like, how you could just, like, be around us. And I'm talking people that, like, ran departments. Yeah. Like, were head of some, some real-ish. And yeah. I was just, like, so baffled that they were just, like, among us in the world. Um, Because for me, once again, it was, like government felt was supposed to be so separate um Mm. so like for me to like have friends here that you know maybe they work in government but like that's not really who they are it's like it's a solid job and we keep it pushing like that's that's dope to me you know like we or they're in different they're just in different spaces like i i like that and i like being able to be someone someone different and I think I'm getting closer to being able to be more of myself and being like that works because I get the work done and that works you know because I produce good content um and so you can't tell me that I should have to change and I think also as like a black woman like we are constantly told to change to adjust for some standard that we will never be able to meet and mm. so, like, and that's something that's always been really hard for me because I went to PWIs my whole life, you know, predominantly white institutions, and um, and I grew up in a white town in a white neighborhood, and it's like there keep having to be these standards that I'm just not gonna meet. Yeah. And then because you grow up in those spaces, you act a certain way, so even in black spaces, like, you're also not gonna meet the black standard, and it's like. I would say in the last like five years, it's okay to be a different type of black. Yeah, for sure. You know, like it's okay to be like, I feel like before there was a lot of like to be black, 
whatever that means, it has to look like this. Um, and it's like recently I feel because I felt very out of place with my mm-hmm. blackness. And so mm-hmm. now I feel more in place because I can be different. So that's like a really interesting point. Do you feel more accepted by diverse communities now? So, for example, like, D.C. used to be Chocolate City, but, you know, in the last couple of years, it is incredibly diverse. You know, a lot of the people working in these different sectors, government policy or not, are not predominantly Black. Um, You know, a lot of people, a lot of Black people kind of have been displaced out of dc or you know it's they're very it's like southeast <laughs> like you're yeah. in southeast, like you're you're in southeast that's it right um you know or you congregate around u street but with the pandemic so many you know historically black owned businesses have shut down so you know a lot of the kind of blackness and black spaces that were you know crafted by you know our elders in history howard and you know all these different um, you know, cultural, I guess, like, um, moments that contributed to making DC what it was, like, that's not there anymore, I guess, or maybe that doesn't have as much of a predominant presence as it once did. So do you think that it, you know, as a Black woman storyteller, as a Black woman in DC kind of finding her way, um, do you think that, you know, the melting pot of DC is just more accepting? Um, of all kinds of black or do you think that kind of maybe the chocolate cityness, the hit the history of chocolate city or like the history of the chocolate culture kind of like set a like maybe set a standard for like this is the only kind of black that we accept and therefore I have to kind of carve my own lane and kind of make a way for myself. Um I think like DC is more of a melting pot. I think there is so many so many different types of folks. And, you know, folks coming from places now that maybe wouldn't have been as accepting a few years ago that are more, like, more diverse now. And so they come here with that mindset. So it's okay to be some type of different. Yeah. Because, like, I think about, you know, where I grew up, like, my best friend is black. That sounds ridiculous. My best friend is black. But, um, but, like, there was, like, four, yeah, four or five Jamaican girls and like are great and all our parents knew each other and all like you know what I mean mm-hmm. um versus and then like the rest of my friends are white mm-hmm. um in my in my school um mm-hmm. but then I went to a church that was like a lot of Hispanic people and Latinx people so um but my sister her friends were like a lot of like Asian or Hispanic like black like she had a totally different and we're eight years apart. Eight years is a lot, but at the same time, yeah. it's not. Um, no, it's a lot. So it is a lot. So it's like you see, but I feel like in the grant, it's like eight years. Like it changed so much that she was able to have like a diverse group of friends, which I think. And she also grew up in a in a time when like natural wearing your natural hair was cool, mm-hmm. and you know being black was cool, and like, and it's like I didn't get to do that so a lot of yeah. like, the identity issues that I had like our streets more diverse that we grew up on like yeah um so coming to DC you I think my experience is like I have a little bit more room 
to be an individual, but I also think that's because of the spaces that I'm in. Like I think yeah. like, I think if I was working in a government job, maybe it would be a little different how I would yeah. express myself at work versus now. And even in journalism, like newsrooms are white. They're yeah. mainly white. I think currently like I am the only black girl yeah um in like my program for work like yeah it's not as diverse like you know what I mean like it's just not and that that and I the other thing about it is like I come in and I am older than a lot of the people there not by much but like by like you know three or four years and it's like I have to be like the voice of like we should be getting paid more we should be like you know what I mean? Mm. You should be reimbursing us for this stuff. And it's, um, and so I think, but I'm also more sure of myself than I think if I was 21 yeah. or 22. So there's, and I'm not that sure of myself. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I just, I have been in, I'm in spaces that allow me to act the way in which I do, where I don't feel like I like have to like hide as much yeah. if that makes sense no it definitely makes sense um well I'm out of questions but <laughs> you know I could talk to you forever I mean this is true and that's fair <laughs> so I guess if we had to if we had to end what what quote or what note or what story would you want to share? I can also share mine because I have one based on what you just said. Oh, okay. I want to hear your story first. My story is, is not a story. It's more of just like some words of encouragement, but it's essentially just like to all women or black women in particular, particularly anybody who identifies as like any intersection of other, that voice that is telling you that like, this is not right or this ain't it or like things could be different and this is how <laughs> right um listen to it and like you know when you're talking about being in the newsroom and having to speak up and you know it's not lost on me that like you as an older person and a black woman you know are kind of speaking up and what that means for us like it does that make us come off as aggressive or you know what like all these different intersections of identity and all the mental gymnastics that you do before you you know, have the courage to say something, be sure of what you said, stand by it, and be be able to be available to say it again, you know, when, like, you know, um, someone else calls on you to, you know, explore that thought. So I guess I would just say that deep down, you know, we all know uh, when something is or is not what it should be, and I think that that should be enough. Like, you're en- you're enough. Your thoughts, your feelings, your intuition is valid. It is. And period. Uh, like, that's what I would leave it on. That's what I would want to say. Um, I like that. Uh, I would say that it's okay for your dreams to change. Yeah. Um, which is something that I struggle with all the time. Because uh, my dreams have changed but at the same I but I think when you get to it your dreams really haven't changed they've been the same I just think the way that they're expressed has changed 
Yeah. Because I always knew that I wanted to, I hate this saying, but like give voice to the voiceless, but in the sense of like, I'm not going to tell you better than you can tell you. Mm-hmm. And I remember being young and like, I wanted to be an immigration lawyer or an international lawyer because I wanted to, you know, Darf- Darfur was like wild to me. And I remember like, I was so yeah. heated about that. And that was when I was really young. And I was like, I want to connect these people. They need to be over here. Like, I, you know, and then it was, I wanted, I want to work in international relations because like, I want to talk to folks about accepting different kinds of folks and what that looks like and connecting people. That's yeah. still another form of storytelling. Like, everything I wanted to do, you know, it just, it looks different now. And um, I want to share black and brown stories. Like, I, there's not enough of them. I want them out there. Like, I, and I think it's important, in that it's important to remember that, like, it's okay if the expressions of your dreams change. And mm-hmm. the money that you accumulate in debt along the way like it sucks and you should try not to do that but if it happens (laughs) then it happens i think and i and i say that as someone who has like you know a lot of like student debt from grad school and like of course you want to pay it off but at the same time like i know myself like i i can't sit in a job that i don't love yeah you know i can't mentally for me that is just not it i will go crazy and i have yeah um so it's, it's, I think just in essence, like, it is okay to change, and it is okay yeah. to tell folks that you have changed, because yeah. you are the one that has to live in this body, and there are going to be really shitty days, there's going to be really great days, like, mm-hmm. um, you're going to want to cry all the time, like, there's so many, and, like, I think, like, all of those feelings are okay, so, like, anyone who's telling you that they're an overnight success, or anyone who's telling you that, like, you just have to push through it. You don't. You don't have to push through it. Yeah. You can nap today. Today yeah. you can nap. Yeah. And tomorrow you can get up. Or tomorrow you don't have to get up. Yeah. And you can nap Some again. Of the, yeah. Like, no, a thousand percent. Like, you know, on that note, the best investment that you can make is in yourself and in your peace of mind, you know? And um, quitting is not failure. <laughs> because <laughs> it's not. Like... You know, we were just talking about it. We said, if all I have is two push-ups today, that is fine, okay? Like, the agenda may have said I was going to do 15, but if that was a lie, okay, let's just, you know, let's just pivot. Let's just, you know, take a new course, and it's okay. It is okay. Some days you're sitting, like, I think, I think that honestly is the left. Like, some days you are going to sit, and it's going to suck. Some days you're just going to be, eh. Some days are going to be great. Like, I think it is so important to be okay with that day. Yeah. You know, like, it is is so important to be okay with that day. Um, And because it, it's just that day. And then there's yeah. going to be tomorrow. And, like, yeah, there's sometimes it's going to suck, but it, sometimes it's going to be great. I And it's going to be great more times than it's going to suck. Then it's going to suck. Um, So, how do you define being a woman? And womanhood. So weirdly enough, I uh, should have prepared for this and did not <laughs> um, remembered halfway through us talking. Because I asked all my guests this, and I am now a guest on my own podcast. 
Um, how do I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't think it can be defined. I don't, like, I think, like, it means so many things to so many people, and I don't know if it can be defined. And I think. Even for me, I don't think, even for, like, I encompass so many things, and I think being able to encompass so many things within my spirit, like, what a powerful gift that is, and what a powerful way to be a woman is to, is, or woman identifying is to just encompass so much in your spirit that it can't be explained. And to decide, like, you yeah. get to decide what it is to you at this moment, on this day, for this week, for this chapter. Like, it's just, it's your decision, it's your choice. Like, period. Period. And that's it. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) All right, girl. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Corey, this was so fun. I got to be interviewed. I I never get to be interviewed for anything. Um, (laughs) This was an exciting time. For us all, we learned a lot. We did, and it's like it was literally like our normal phone conversation. No, quite literally. <laughs> uh, this is the important. I mean, just... well, like normally there's one or two Beyonce references. Oh, so but... much Beyonce. <laughs> but, okay, but like outside of that, this was like very much like our normal conversation. So just like insert a couple Beyonce for your own listening pleasure, <laughs> folks. Um, and then it'll basically be like that. Um, I know, right? Oh, Corey, thank you. Corey was the one who suggested I do something like this in the first place. Um, so, obviously, it was only right that she interviewed me, um, but also, like, wouldn't have anybody else do it. Um, <laughs> um, so, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to me babble on for an hour. Uh, in, the, in the meantime, in between time, please connect with the show on Instagram and Twitter at PrettyFaceLady3. And then go ahead and like us on Facebook at More Than A Pretty Face. If you'd like to email the show, because you want to say hi, you know someone who should be on the show, um, please feel free to email me at prettyfacewomen at mtapfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.